Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's finale weekend. We're in it now. It's weekend. There's no getting away from it. We are here. How are you feeling? Because you're somebody who enjoys Advent. You like the run-up to Christmas. You like those weeks in December more than you like Christmas itself. I think it's um, it's it's not a good comparison. I'm not trying to be critical. But the thing about Christmas is it's like you there's this sense of it coming back round again, whereas this is just grief. Because I am excited to see the final. Yeah, samesies. And I think I'm just in a state of denial about the massive hole there's going to be in my life. Yeah, I'm just like ready to... I'm ready to rewatch. And we promised you something every day in finale week, and, and we've delivered, haven't we? We had Jared Menken. Justin Kirk. We had, rather... Natalie Gold. We had Willa. Justine Lupe. Just fantastic. She made me wish they all could be California girls. She was... She, <laughs> I think she's only been there for a short amount of time, but the flavour in her hair yeah. was so California. Um, so that's why Sprinkles is on a Saturday this week, because we gave you Willa yesterday. But there's another reason, too. Because it's not just Saturday sprinkles, because there's a little garnish on these sprinkles. Ooh. And I say a little garnish. This is the equivalent of gold leaf or saffron. <laughs> this is quality garnish. Truffle. We're just putting this slice of white truffle onto the sprinkles into Friday sprinkles. I just think about that moment where if you are in a fancy restaurant and then they come over and shave the truffle onto your pasta or whatever it is you're eating. I feel that in the moment you're very obliged to pay attention like they're putting on a show when in fact they're just shaving up a thing. You have to act like it's like Saganaki at a Greek restaurant, like yeah. cheese on fire, but really you're like, you're grating something. Yes. White truffle atop the sprinkle. So backstory is very, very, very last minute, we were able to lock down a very quick conversation with none other. You've been waiting the whole time. You were wondering, you're like, will they? We did. Jay Smith Cameron, Jerry. I can't believe it. Can't believe it. I think it just reflects incredibly well on her that she was able to find some time to do this for us. I think it wasn't the most convenient thing for her. No. She didn't make us feel squeezed in, but reading between the lines of the logistics... I think she is a giver and I think she's kind and she wanted to make it happen for us. She managed to find the time. Yeah. So it's not enough to give you a full plate of Jerry Boco. We can't Jerry Boco. But some garnish on the sprinkles. We can Jerry Sprinkle. Also, uh-huh. the um, video conferencing thing we used to record. Yeah. At the moment, her recording is only 76% uploaded. <laughs> so either she's got very slow Wi-Fi uh-huh. or maybe she's having a nap. <laughs> 
and she'll switch her phone back on. Okay. I've got the backup recording that okay. I can salvage something out of. Great. Another thing I wanted to do was thank everybody who came to the live show at the Soho Theatre the other night. Wasn't it a great night? It was nice. People were nice about it. My dad asked me how it went and I said, I don't know. I don't know how I think it went, but everyone was very sweet about it to us. Yeah. But um, I think, and I think it was some of it was my Lucy nerves. Oh, we haven't even told people what happened. Oh my God. If you weren't at the live show, you don't know this yet. If you were at the live show, you know. Special surprise guest at the live show was Lucy Preble. She was great. You, you goaded me into playing Bitey with you on stage with Lucy supervising. And you didn't even make a dent. Like I, I genuinely felt nothing. I couldn't bite someone. I had to give the people a show. One of the big takeaways that I had from the live show is that I have this bodysuit. And I know, I know, you're thinking, Sarah, you can't own a bodysuit. You've made so much fun of Matson. But I felt like because I was a woman, it was maybe different. And I always thought I was like wearing it quite well. And then I saw myself in the very direct lighting of the Soho Theatre stage, and I'm never going to wear it again. Yeah, they light that place like they're about to do an autopsy. Wow. It is brutal lighting. We were not happy with how we looked in the photos. And then we did our hanging out, talking succession with people in the bar afterwards. Very much enjoyed that. And again, you don't know if people are being kind or not. I suspect there's a large element of it. But so many people said, but what are you going to do when succession finishes? You're going to carry on doing the podcast. And, and, And the truth of it is we would like to do something... We just don't quite know what it is. But yeah. but we've got time. Yeah. This next week or so, there's going to be um, finale post-mortem. There's going to be other people you want to hear from. So we've got you through the next week. And then we've got a thought for something we can do, maybe for a few weeks after that, maybe even till the end of the summer. We'll see how that goes. We'll see if everybody deserts us. This is what it is. This is you actually, this was your metaphor, my love, is that you said like when succession ends, if we want to keep trying to podcast, it's like we've been learning to ride a bike with training wheels. And when succession ends, the training wheels come off. And for us to be able to have our balance, we need enough people listening that we can stay upright. I say this to you because if you are one of those people who's like, oh, please keep going, I'll miss you as much as I miss succession. And I'm not making fun of you. I believe that. But I'm repeating a compliment, which is why I'm putting that little affected voice on. You need to get some fuckers on board. You know why these podcasts work? Because people tell their friends. Have you been telling your friends? Have you been getting them into us? (laughs) Put your fucking money where your mouth is. And if you want more content, you get more people listening to us. And if you don't, then we're done. We, we don't want to be the saddos trying to keep the party going. No, I, I believe in us a little more than you do in some ways. And we're, we're trying to figure out how it works around something we're not quite as interested in. Yeah. How does it work when we can't piggyback on a cultural phenomenon? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the, analogy I've, uh, the analogy I've given Sarah is some years ago, I went to a house party. And I want to emphasise this was not a glitzy, showbizzy house party. Okay. But dis- despite that... Yuri Geller was there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was really packed. And as I walked in, I see Yuri Geller and he's looking cross with somebody and he's got a spoon in his hand and he's saying, all right, I'll just do this one and then no more. I'm here to enjoy myself, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I thought was a funny story. Sure. Yeah. Like he goes to a party. Everyone wants to bend sure. a spoon. I was there right at the death of things when the party had really thinned out and when really everybody ought to have left already. And I see Yuri Geller wandering around with a spoon in his hand going, 
uh, was there somebody else who wanted me to bend a spoon for them? And and I'm worried that if we carry on doing this podcast, we look like Yuri Geller at the end of the party. Yeah, well, that's a valid fear. I'm not going to disavow you of that. But let's let's see. We're, we're trying to figure it out. Yeah. So I think that's the state of things. There will be more Boko tomorrow. We will tell you about that at the end of the podcast. Mm-hmm. But it's extremely exciting. <laughs> yeah, it is. Remember what we've told you. You're not getting someone on the poster. So don't fucking ruin this for yourself. Have I told you guys, hey, it's just me, Firecrutch, that when we found out um, we'd booked Frank and Carl, I got such a rush of excitement. And so I called my mother and um, I was like, guess who we're getting to interview? And she went, oh, my God, Brian Cox. And I went, <laughs> oh, no. And then she went, uh, you're, ta- you're talking to Jeremy Strong. And I went, and she sort of went, and I was like, um, it's, it's Frank and Carl. And she went, oh, oh okay. And I was like, what? It, it somehow went from the most exciting thing that had ever happened to me to like, not Brian Cox. <laughs> so don't fucking, I don't want to be doing that to you. So when I say it's not poster, I'm not dicking with you or It's not a bait and switch. It's not poster. But everything but else is in play. Everything else is in play. Shall we then? Let's do it. This first email Regular contributor. We love you so much. We got to meet you at the live show. Didn't disappoint. No, sweetie. I feel sweetie. like we got to meet some real legends of the inbox at that live show. <laughs> we did get to meet legends of the inbox, including Josh Moritz, a.k.a. Disgustabus, who on this occasion writes, Dear FNN, Upon rewatching this week's episode, I paused the scene between Tom and Greg when Tom is reading a newspaper, which has revealed the timeline of events at ATN on the night of the election. We did the same thing. We get a shot of the newspaper spread, which highlights Darwin as the quote-unquote flailing handmaiden to the Wisconsin call, and lists Tom and Pam, the new Sid Peach, as well as the Roy siblings. Greg (laughs) is not named anywhere on the newspaper spread. The only part of the timeline available to the viewer reads, 12.15 to 12.18 a.m., Darwin injures eye at critical moment. Now, the only people who were in the room for the infamous Wasabi incident were Shiv, Roman, Tom, Greg, and Darwin. So this strongly suggests that it was Greg who leaked what went down at ATN. Oh, of course he's a leaky fucker. To the media and indicates that the weaseling Greg is up to is relentless and includes off-screen moments. This isn't a huge surprise, but I wondered if this could be a pointer to the finale, which will ultimately see Greg stabbing Tom in the back and rising to a real position of influence. Fuck off, disgust of us. I took someone a while ago who works as a journalist, um, and they started out at Murdoch's most fam- famous newspaper in the UK, The Sun, mm-hmm. the tabloid newspaper which changed the, the landscape of news here with page three girls and gossip. I mean, it did very yeah. much a template for um, a, a large part of Logan Roy's media empire. And that their first job in journalism was on the Bizarre column, which is the show business column. Mm-hmm. And she had to answer the phone. Mm-hmm. And she said the amount of famous people who called up with tip-offs about themselves. Oh, my God. What a humiliating thing Do you think Natalie do. Gold has ever done that? No. <laughs> that, was my, that was a joke. No. She seemed the least likely. Yeah. What a tawdry, humiliating thing to do. I know. But- Are they putting on a voice? Are they saying there's somebody else? Speaking of Yuri Geller, as we were before, I think he is one of these who answers the phone and pretends to be his own PA. <laughs> anyway, here, here's what I'll say about what Disgustabus has said. If any of you just want to really sort of not 
be experiencing any prediction moment. Skip forward ahead a minute. I am starting to see some stuff in a few different locations that is certainly making me feel like Greg isn't quite the absurd option that we would have thought he was. It seems ludicrous that yeah, I think Greg, it's not Greg would end up the chief executive yeah, of Gojo, Royco, whatever it will be called. I can't conceive of a way of it not feeling terrible that some office boy is all of a sudden the chief executive. Yeah, well, think about how our friend Joey started off... Uh, it's like a coffee boy, and now we like... Yeah, how many years did that take? Oh, yeah, it took many this, this years. Is a, this is the point. Anyway, let's stop. The theorizing is boring. You can go elsewhere. But I really like the detail in this observation. Next. This comes from Sophie. A.K.A. Dad's Little Bitch Boy. Hi, FNN. Can we please talk about the way that Lady Caroline clocked Shiv's pregnancy as soon as she saw her? And the fact that all the men around Shiv, including Tom, who until about a week ago has been having extremely dynamic <laughs> sex with Shiv, had failed to notice it at all, beyond Roman's eating your feelings quip. I've had it genuinely touching that Caroline noticed and that there was a flicker of delight between both women. It was the closest mother-daughter moment that we've had so far, even if it was just a moment. I, th I think delight slightly overstates it. I really like the way that if you watch that exchange again, there, there is no point at which it's said. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, blimey. Well, it's, it's very much like that. Yes, well. Well... Here's the thing, Sophie, we love you. I think, Sophie, also, we met you at the live show. So you're our number one boy. But I think you're wrong. So my read was that we were not supposed to find it touching, but rather sad and a little funny and pretty sad. And, and very reflective of their relationship. Yes, and very honest and them. That's not all. She continues. This is not the first time Rava and the kids have stayed with Travis and Robert. We've got the prediction that we asked for. Thank you. They love it there, and the kids going on and on and on to Kendall about the cottontail bunnies upstate is what prompted Kendall to buy them the million-dollar giant rabbit. He knows he cannot deliver the wholesomeness his family needs, and that is why they're fleeing upstate to Travis and Roberts on the day of Logan's funeral mm. is such a bitter blow. He can pay off the traffic violations and buy a pedigree bunny, but he cannot offer them the real deal. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. So you really took me on a ride here. Um, Dad's little bitch boy. I really didn't agree with you. And then I thought, oh, my God, she's nailed the shit out of that. <laughs> so you, warm, you cooled me off and then you warmed me right back up again. Okay. So this next email is from Gay. Her name is Gay. And she then therefore wanted to be called. Your numbers are Gay. Right. Hi, Firecatch and Normcore. My name's Gay. I'm known by some friends as Head of Death. But in the spirit of succession, I prefer my numbers are gay. I own a lovely family funeral firm, and my husband has been bugging me to get in touch with you on my favorite subject ever since Logan's death. Having seen this week's Church and State episode, and after hearing Bill Delanova of Frank E. Campbell, the Roy's funeral director, interview on the other podcast. How are you feeling? How are you doing? <laughs> You and Swisher need to clear the air. The two, the two of you need to get in a room. She does not seem like a funny lady. That's us. <laughs> I don't imagine I can land many funny moments with her, but maybe I could. Um, I felt I had to write you to answer the questions he was vague about. For anyone wanting a casket identical to Logan's, I've identified it as being the Royal Grace Custom Solid Mahogany Casket. 
It's also known as the Royal. And I found it retailing online for anything from as little is $6,590 to as much as $25,000. If you're considering getting one, I would go for the 6590 I don't understand why the variation. I think it has to do with some some kind of custom. Oh, okay, digging. I okay, think it's like okay. the customization or lack thereof. Okay. With the city of New York police traffic and road cordon costs, the musicians, the extra levels of personal security, together with the cost of Church of St. Ignatius Loyola, Manhattan, the premium funeral cortege, am I saying that right? Cortage, I think. Cortage vehicles, Woodlawn Cemetery, Bronx Mourner Seating, Casket and Mausoleum Preparation, and then Placing and Sealing in the Casket. Oy. I doubt the Roys would see much change from 800000 What? I think that seems low for Logan. Wow. Love from Gay, a.k.a. Your numbers are gay. Now, I only know the word cortage because I remember it from Lady Diana's funeral. Oh, so what's a cortege? I don't know. I just heard them saying it a lot on the coverage at the time. <laughs> Isn't it the, the the whole procession, right? Should we do a googs? A traditional funeral procession. So it's a procession. Yes, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I want a cortege. Well, if I'm around, which is unlikely. Oy. Oh, here's, here's a thing. Yes. When we were watching it, we couldn't figure out there were two flags on the front of the hearse. Yes. One was a US flag. And then the other one, at first I thought it was like a Scottish saltire, but it wasn't. The, the cross was and the colours were wrong and there was something written on it. And then I was thinking, is it Logan's football team? He is a Hibs supporter. Mm-hmm. Or is he Hearts? Whichever, whichever, whichever one, one that Roman didn't buy. Yes. Anyway, I then was doing some Googling and it's, um, it's a New York thing. Hearses have a funeral flag, which give them um, special dispensation in traffic. That's nice. I'm happy for them to have that. Yeah. I mean, I think an ambulance should outrank a funeral car. Yeah, the funeral car doesn't need to get anywhere quickly. Yeah, sorry, dead people. If anything, I I would be unnerved by seeing a funeral car moving at speed. Yes, speed doesn't feel respectful, does it? No. I felt like I was in the presence of who, who was that man on the Police Academy films who could. Oh. <laughs> 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 poor neighbors. Oh. Gay, your numbers are gay was also at the live show. Thanks for coming. Okay, Charlotte Castle. AKA Weekend Malbec Morons. Thanks for the add on to a show and creating a community and a space that felt almost like AA, but with the added benefit of weekend drinking Malbec. Not for me. No, no, no. I'm sorry, honey. That was really cunty. It's really insensitive. What an asshole who doesn't consider (laughs) I think she's a terrible person. (laughs) Uh, Every time you have an argument from henceforth, please yell at each other. Everyone thinks our marriage is fucking perfect. I think she wants us, the way that she's seeing that, is that we have an argument. And as a reset, we're like... Everyone thinks our marriage is perfect. Like, remind ourselves. Oh, like a little mantra. So we're not... Yeah, like, every, maybe that isn't how she means it, but I would like the no, idea... I think you're like, right. Okay, I think, uh, everyone yeah. thinks our marriage is perfect. But I need to make the point. Before we recorded Tuesday's episode, we were so legitimately enraged with each other. It got to a point where you just went, well, I, 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 I don't know what we do here. And I went, honest, I, honestly, I, th- I think we're, we're so far gone. The only option is we just sit here and we honestly close our eyes for two minutes and just stare into space and then open them after two minutes. And so that's what we did. We sat in our loft. 
we closed our eyes in like some pathetic and depressing attempt at a meditation, opened them, and then gave a little show. And then I thought that actually doing the podcast cleansed us of the argument. But then at the end, you immediately, Roman the showman, you immediately, the showman was gone. I was like, oh, he's still angry. The thing is, I can't remember what had happened. I know there was a row, but I've forgotten it. Oh, and I, and I, don't, I don't even want you to tell me because maybe it'll just put me straight back there. <laughs> no, do you want to know the nice thing? And this is something I have been thinking about if I feel intense rage at you going through my body. <laughs> Is that if I think about moments in our lives when we've really argued and it's ruined something, I'm like, either later today or in a week or in a month or in six months, you will have no memory of this thing that right now is you going, this is it. This is what he fucking done. This is that's not real. I can see how you're looking at me trying to be sweet. Maybe we should pivot to poignant. Maybe we should just talk about our marriage with no structure whatsoever. <laughs> And see if it stays compelling. <laughs> Weekend Malbec Moran continues. I just wanted to say that I thought the meeting of the wives and mistresses and the gentle and kind coordination of that by Caroline was great. I work in a world with aristocracy and royalty. What? They may be fucking shitty, but one thing they do well is handle affairs. Wonderful detail. Like... All the French do that as well. Oh, Every fabulous. French person handles a fair. It's just part of, the, part of French life. So mature. This gentleness from Caroline felt absolutely correct to me. She may not be able to handle her own children, but mistresses are like horses and dogs. Sometimes chew the sofa, but mostly quite sweet. Much love. Weekend Malbec morons. Love that. I mean, that. That, I love a glimpse into that world that confirms mm-hmm. what you think about it. And that's what I thought was also so interesting this week about Lady Caroline is we just saw that her children get the worst part of her. Yes. On that subject, can I try and rattle through a story as quickly as I can? Yeah. Take your sweet time. So some son of a friend of a friend gets, uh-huh. gets a job at a department store when he's on holiday from university during uh, break from uni. Okay. And it's super expensive, old money, London department store. Okay. It's the one you're thinking of. Yeah, okay. And he's he's working in the fur coat department. Uh-huh. Very wealthy looking old lady comes in. She tries on some fur coats. And she's got that Lady Caroline thing where just she walks in and straight away it seems like she's in charge. So this kid who's just there on a few weeks out of college... He, he doesn't know what he was doing for himself. I think his manager's on a lunch break. Uh, so he's fussing around her and, and she's speaking to him like the staff. So she eventually says, all right, I'll take this one. Um, if you just uh, uh, put it on my bill, please. And off she goes. He, he oh doesn't want to offend her God. by asking who she is. Oh, my God. So he thinks this this is awful. I'm, I'm going to be sacked and I'm, I'm going to be made to pay for this oh £20,000 coat. <sighs> His manager comes back off lunch break and he decides honesty is the best policy. I'm going to tell him. Okay, good boy. Manager says, listen, don't worry. This kind of thing happens more than you would expect. Can you describe it to me? He describes her. He says, okay, I think that could be one of one of around six women. So what we'll do <laughs> is we will send bills to all of those people and whichever one pays it is the one who took the coat. Uh-huh. So that's the that's the end of the story for now for him. He comes back on his next university holidays. What's happened? 
they've all paid. Yeah. Because 20000 to them so is like five yeah. to us. And not only that, though, a lot of these women, the bills get sent to the man who isn't necessarily the husband and oh. who has these women who, who they've kept for years in a pied a in Belgravia or Knightsbridge <gasps> or wherever. I want to do that. <laughs> <gasps> that sounds amazing. Just for years, you like live in a flat in Belgravia. Yeah, you're a kept. Yeah, you're you're a kept bit on the side. And then I get to go shopping and stuff. Yeah. I mean, am I fucking this guy? I, don't, I mean, I, th- I think that's the verbal contract. I think that that goes with the territory. And so I like li- lay with an old man once a month for that. <laughs> lay with that's very biblical. <laughs> <laughs> and he spills his seed. <laughs> he spills his seed in my perimenopausal. Joaquin. Yeah, I don't think that's Joaquin the, that's the Old Testament. Yeah, I think I think I could really uh. do that. Do that oldest profession. You could be the oldest professional in the, the oldest, oldest profession. profession. Yeah, that could be my my new thing. All right, listen, we can mug back morons. Beautiful, love it. Our marriage is not perfect, but listen, you've got to, honey. You've just got to treat it like it's a job. Don't sweep stuff under the rug. Get into it, okay? Okay. This next email is from Sarah Dakin a.k.a. Queasy Gonzalez. Hi, FNN. Hi. The reaction shots to the different speeches were all brilliant, but a tiny moment I loved in this episode was the little shot to Lady Caroline when Kendall said about how Logan was the dad to the four sibs. There was, he said something like he, something about the things Logan made, and then Kendall said, like, he made me. And my three and my siblings. Two. No, he says three. Well, that makes it. Then who's the other sibling? <laughs> No, he means Connie. But Caroline is raising her eyebrows at the idea that he made. Oh, because my four siblings. Sorry, that's got just, it. Because I got that's it just confused. as true of Kenner. I'm sorry, we'll cut all this. Yeah, I got yeah. confused. Um, so that's the moment that's being discussed about. And right, I saw it like that. Like, um, what am I? Essentially, like, what am I, chopped liver? Scotch mist. But, but listen, Queasy Gonzalez continues, it seemed like another reference to Peter Munyans having arrived on the scene, quote unquote, around 40 years ago. Oh. Th- this, this occurs to me from time to time, but I, it, it feels, look, however they're going to do it, it's going to be good. I, I have, I, ha- I still have faith in them. Ugh. But they haven't let us down. I know. They haven't put a foot wrong. That's what I think. Yeah. So it's going to be okay. We're okay. We're doing okay. But that would feel incredibly soap opera-ish, a thing to wrap up in a final episode. It is an hour and a half. It's like we're watching a film. A film with a nice runtime. This is what I would say if they let me... They still let me talk into some Hollywood directors and producers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Where are you finding that voice? I don't know, but I thought it was kind of good. It was, like, I mean, I've, I've not heard that, that it's it's been um, however many years it's been twelve. I don't know who this guy is, but I tell you what, I think I got right back to him real fast. He is he's a new, he's a new addition. He's a new addition to the playbook, and what I say <laughs> is, I say, guys, listen, you want my advice? These films that you're making, all right? An hour and a half, an hour forty at the most, <laughs> two hours and twelve minutes. Shut up. So, so he, basically, we're watching a film. Just don't forget that. That's so nice when a film is. Oh, so yeah. I, I go. Oh yeah, I think it's. I think it's part of this thing now that so many films are watched at home. That you're like, should we watch a film? Yeah, but then this happens, and this, and the next thing you know, when you're actually starting the film, it's like nine oh five, and then you see an hour forty, and you go, uh huh. I know I'm. I'm annoying the cineists. The cineists. That word was used against me in a hateful way in 1997. I'm sorry. It's okay. 
Anyway, so then Queasy Gonzalez finishes, what do you reckon? You, you know you're waiting for me to say, tell us more, but I'm not, I'm not getting into it. No, no, no. I, I, do you know what I'm learning as I go with this? And I knew that that wouldn't be interesting okay. to people. Um, listen, Queasy, we already answered your question. We reckon probably not, but I'm not like 100% convinced. What's going to happen at that Caribbean retreat that you're so, air so clear, looking forward to? The air oh, yeah, Caribbean air, air clear that you're so looking forward to. Oh, God. My father agrees with me on that. It's like, I'm very worried. I was like, I was performing my worriedness because I do think... Did your dad used to be a Hollywood mogul? No, sorry, I'm still... My dad, I can't really do an impression of my dad, but basically, oi, that is him a little bit, which sounds like my mom. But he's a Gentile. Yeah, but he's lived with a Jewish woman for 53 years in a very Jewish town, so he's sort of quite Jewish now in his way. He's been embedded for a long time Mm -hmm. under deep cover. (laughs) Yes. All right, final pre-finale email comes from Vanessa. A.K.A. Woof Woof says, hello to what feels like my best friend circle at the Mo. Hey, girl. Hey. We love you too, girl. Come in. Here's the theory circulating at the moment, and I think it fits. The suggestion is that when Matson and Shiv are on the phone to each other from their cars, and Matson says something like, I think we can swing for the US CEO to Shiv, who obviously thinks he means her, Matson is looking at someone out of shot when he says that. And that it's... Dun, dun, dun! Greg. And he is actually going to crown Greg, who he's been befriending and who he's discovering is completely malleable and does the job asked. At the end of it all, Greg kind of has balls of steel. Lots of love. Woof, woof. I can't do it as well as you. Woof, woof. That was too much. See, no. I've lost it as well. I really feel that... Woof, yeah. woof. That was good, I thought. I really feel that Hugo, Fisher Stevens, <laughs> is in you when you do that. <laughs> I think I could really be like a disgusting PR. I, d- I don't know. Like, I don't know much about the world of business, but I imagine letting a jumped-up office boy be a chief executive yeah. does something to your share price. Yeah. This is what I'm thinking. All right. I know. I liked it. Okay. Sorry. Woof, woof. Loved it. But I've been convinced it's a no. But like then how fucking satisfied will you feel if it turns out that you were right? And I was like, sorry, uh, nah. And that is everything from our inbox pre-finale. Of course, next week, we here for you. We here for you, baby. We're going to structure it so fucking nice for you. you you're going you're gonna to need some... I don't know what Jesse Armstrong et al are planning for us but we're going through a ringer aren't we we're going to be put through the ringer yeah i think we are going to be put through the ringer and and you'll need somewhere to put that somewhere to process that and friday sprinkles is going to be that place and we we're not promising yet but we are we are doing our best after the finale to give you some daily content between our usual tuesday and friday sprinkles yeah and coming up next the shaved white truffle. To go with your sprinkles. To go with your sprinkles. That is Jerry. That is the divine J. Smith Cameron. And hi, this is me, Normcore, popping up many hours after we recorded the rest of the sprinkles to let you know that J. Smith Cameron's recording didn't upload. So the audio quality of this backup we've got isn't quite what we'd like it to be. I am worried that Jay used up all her data talking to us. This is why we're releasing the episode so late in the day, by the way. I've been waiting just in case she switched the phone on in the morning New York time, but she hasn't. So our apologies. And we figured that you would put up with some ropey sound to enjoy the legend that is Jay Smith Cameron. Next. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. We're not meeting. We're seeing each other. For the first time in, I want to say, about 27 years. How could that be? Because you're only 27 year old and I'm only 32. This is exactly correct. So my... So we met on the playground? We met we? on the playground as small <laughs> girls. So my... I went to NYU. That first job when I moved to New York City was I got a job ushering at the Lucille Lortel Theater in October of 1997 when they were running a play called As Bees and Honey Drown, starring J. Smith Cameron. No way. So everyone's going, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. And I'm like, no, Anne, I want you to know, because this would mean something to me. You were right. so nice. That's a relief. Kind. Isn't that a relief? <laughs> Because I think that's reflected in how the star of a play behaves. It's like, is she nice to the usher? Good. I'm glad to hear. Did 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 Frank Rich review that show? I don't think Frank Rich reviewed it. I think Ben Brantley. Because I'll tell you what, I was surprised that you had to audition for Succession because I'd have thought that Frank Rich might have just said, look, here's who you want, Jason Smith yes, Cameron. Yes, one would have thought that. <laughs> yes, one would have thought that, Jeff. And yet one would have been wrong. <laughs> you probably heard this before, but a lot of these characters were not super defined yet when they were casting it. So they, and they really drew upon in a really fun collaborative way, the actors who played them, you know, after a while, cousin Greg is written like Nick Braun plays him. It's like, which came first, the chicken or the egg and, and same with Roman and Kieran. And I feel, you know, um, when I first auditioned for Jerry, Jerry was a man, supposed to be a man. was just one of those suits and uh, they hadn't had a chance. They weren't decided whether they'd use a woman or a man yet. So the then casting director, Doug Abel, he brought me in for it. And I don't know why or how he brought me in for it, because I, I don't think I'm thought of as being like, 
a stone cold bitch the way <laughs> Roman describes me. You know, I, I'm not used to playing like stony boss lady types. But I just remember reading it and thinking, because the other characters were like being really coarse and gross, like they always are. And the Jerry, J-E-R-R-Y character was not reacting to any of it. So I tried to be unflappable, but I was also just really grossed out by everything they said. And I feel like that's what got me the part, but I don't know. Then no one ever told me. How potty mouth do you in real life? Pretty fucking potty mouth. There we go. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> I think we all are. And that's all just, been, you know, like egg, we've all been egged on. Yeah. L- let me tell you something that I've intuited. I think you are the Ringo star of succession. Explain that. I don't know what that means. In that Ringo Starr was consistently the most popular Beatle within the Beatles. Is that right? Yes. But I'm just saying everybody seems to love you. We talked to Arian. You're so supportive in his theatre career. We talked to Scott. You like to go on hikes with him. We talked to Zoe. You were the one who added to into the WhatsApp group on the first day. We talked to Natalie Gold. You taught her how to do social media. We talked to Alexander Skarsgård. Now, he didn't say anything about you. I don't know if you've really registered <laughs> with him. But but the point, even Peter Freeman. Friedman and David Rush, you've known for years. They, everybody seems to think very warmly of you. Well, Jeff, as Sarah just went on at length, I'm just a very nice person. <laughs> you know how um, nice to But people. Jerry isn't. Jerry's not nice. And so maybe the audience likes Jerry because of that. But you mean among, like the dynamic between the actors? Yes. And we see you on social media. You know, you, you seem to have really embraced it. I, I was worried how that's affecting your marriage, to be honest. Why would that be bad? Now I'm getting scared. Like, why would that be bad? Well, sometimes if Sarah's on her phone a lot when I'm trying to have a lovely marital evening, I can feel I'm, I'm here, you know. There's a, there's a world outside of your phone. So you're asking, does Kenneth Lonergan feel <laughs> like I'm here, you know, or are you doing it in, in designated hours where it's not interrupting dinner time? I don't feel like I can do it that much. I think I, you know, back when I started, I I was kind of intimidated by Twitter, but I liked how you had to be concise because I'm not usually very concise in real life. And so it became kind of a little puzzle. And then it all kind of exploded more open when succession took off. Uh-huh. But I don't feel like I spend a great deal of time oh, on it. Oh, I know, I, no, know, no. In but fact, we, I'll put this up on my social. Well, I think, Jeff, she goes on. She does the opposite of what we do. We don't do anything. We're just on it all the time, like looking and hating. (laughs) I think you go on, you act, and then you're You're out. You're out. For the rest of the day. I think so. Yeah. Because it's like when you do have time to really spend on something like Twitter, it could just bum you out. Yes, really. Bad. But, but you're like this reminder of how it used to be when we, we, for a while, a few years ago, it felt like, oh, maybe there's like a touch of the utopia to how people behave online. And now it's become this hellscape. And I think if I look at you and you're so supportive with your other cast members, I feel that you engage with people with quite an open heart. Well, that's nice. And you've, yeah, I'm, I enjoy it. Like, I feel like it's interesting. Like, I love following people that are sort of like, not in my world, but like the world next door to it, you know. On the uh, on the, on the um, spectrum of first to bed to last to bed. What? On a night where you're on location and people are staying in a hotel, where are you on that scale? Um, I tend to be real bon vivant on those trips, and if I'm not called, I love to be with the cast and out in the you know in the hotel bar or staying up and watching TV with people. I love that. That's nice. Arian, when we were shooting the wedding, Tom and Shiv wedding at the end of season one. And we were up all night and our part was sort of done, but we were wearing these like dress up clothes and we were exhausted and we were uncomfortable. We're in this drafty castle 
it sounds really pathetic, doesn't it? I'm complaining about in a castle on a hit show. But we were like, you know, it's like 4 a.m. It felt like we were hanging in this room. It was so cold. Like we were all huddled up with blankets and space heaters. And I remember Arian, there was a bar in the, in the castle. This is where the famous Jerry and Roman first flirtation didn't happen. It was at this little bar that was in the castle. Um, and I remember Arian, I could just see him like a day like backlit by that bar going, yeah. and he'd found like some whiskey or some cognac or something. And we like high school kids, like we, we drank, I think a bowl of whiskey or, or whatever it was. And he was just, yeah, we're done. We got to stay, stay like warm case they need us in the back for a shot. We got to, you know, we can't fall asleep. So we had a party. Right? Nice. I had a party. It's just the idea of something free. You know, like no matter where you're at, you're just oh my yeah. god, I'm I'm not paying for this shit. Yeah, and also just being sneaky. Oh like, yes, that's just sneaky. Fun. Like I'm gonna I'm in a castle and I'm sneaking and it's free booze. Yeah, right. I was thinking, um, the way that Jerry is very quick to shut down Roman if he asks anything about her daughters, is Jay Smith very quick to shut down Kieran if he asks anything of her about her daughter? Well, I mean, the kinds of questions Kieran would ask about Nellie are not like the questions that are this, this is a relief. And <laughs> Kieran knows Nellie, but the funny, the only funny thing I can tell you about that whole subject is that my daughter can't really watch Succession anymore because she was so gross. <laughs> she was like, you were trying me. This is like... This- guy that i've known my known him in her whole life how has she known karen culkin her whole life because like she was a baby when karen culkin did his first production of this is our youth she was literally a baby visiting london they were in the west end when she was an infant so through the years like he was margaret then we were in stark messenger together and then he did another production and you know she knows him she knew him like when he was a teen you know what i'm saying so she's like Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> that's terrible. We never did that she's not uh, that she, like I feel genuinely sorry for her that she can't watch Succession. That's a terrible thing to well, be taken you know from what? someone, but of course she can't. It's not like when when I was a kid, you can watch TV whenever you want. You can she can watch it, you know, when she's forty five. Yeah, tell her I'm so sorry, but well, because the day will come. He was so cocky about it, like jerking off on the phone or jerking off in the bathroom of my you know like it was so kind of sorted like she's like i am having none of that that's so weird mom i'm not watching that well it sounds like you have a very healthy relationship i think we do what's she watching at the moment when everyone else is obsessed with succession um you know she's discovering these shows that when they were all the rage she would be too young for him like breaking bad i know she and her boyfriend went as Jesse and Jane. Oh, oh, good. On the Halloween thing, uh, are you aware of anybody having gone to a Halloween party as Jerry and Roman? That must have been a thing these past few years, right? Yeah, that was the thing. I sent a lot of pictures of people as Jerry and Roman. Uh, any of them not yeah. upsetting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were all not upsetting and they were all upsetting. How often are you suggesting stuff about Jerry to the writers? Well, this season that the um, focus has so ratcheted up on the family, the sort of Greek tragedy family drama of it, you know? So, like, for instance, when we went to Norway, I thought 
well, there's something wrong. Like I say in a plane, we were raised by wolves and we'll survive. But then we never see me do anything to survive. So there was a sauna scene that got cut from the show. I didn't think the, st- the show was just too long. And you can kind of see it like Carl and Frank are out on the deck all wrapped up and they're like, oh, those poor bastards like sweating it out. And so the idea was that it was like um, Hugo and Ray and Mark and then all the Swedish guys in the sauna seeing who could last longest in the extreme heat. So I talked my way into being into that in that scene. And then I kind of just sort of had a major role in that scene. And in the end, it was just Oscar and myself. You the, know the Oscar Icelandic is? guy, yeah. yeah. So he and I were the last ones in the sauna. And finally, he gives up. And he comes up and is like, you make good sauna. <laughs> and Jerry is like, you make good sauna. And as he leaves, I just threw in quitter. <laughs> I just saw like quitter. Um, and I, I had a couple of other albums in there that I thought were good. I was like, it's getting a little cool in here. Here, get lunch. <laughs> and, and then the whole scene went. Uh, and, oh, man. You know, and that happened. But that yeah. happens. Like, I got in a little trouble because on Twitter because someone say like, oh, I, I wanted there to be more between Jerry and Roman. And I said, well, there was a scene and it got cut. And I was sad about it or whatever. And then I had to kind of back up and say, no, 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 that doesn't mean it, uh, that I don't even maybe agree that it was the right thing to cut it. Like, it doesn't best serve the story to keep it in. So, I mean, that happens all the time to actors, and especially this season, to the actors who aren't in the immediate family. Or the scene will stay in, but maybe your favorite little bit isn't, you know? And I, I, I followed that thread. And wasn't it that there was a moment at the funeral where you went up to Roman and Jerry asks him if he's okay? And that gets, that, that was the scene yeah. that got cut, right? Yeah, there was, I was sitting sort of behind him in the church and I kind of like over his oh. shoulders, like, are, are you okay? I played it kind of like, are you okay? Like, not incredibly kindly, but as if, you know, like when someone's that upset and embarrassed, it sort of takes them, lets them off the hook to kind of not pity them. Like, mm-hmm. are you okay? You need a Kleenex, like a little tough lucky with him. You know, it was a little, very short scene, but it had a sort of poignance about it. Um, but I had thought, I had known that scene was going to be in it from before we shot anything. Jesse told me that in the arc of it, that this would happen at the end and that, that, that they had originally thought of that being a big moment, you know? So I was surprised that they took it out. The contact feels significant but i do i think we got what jerry was feeling from the looks and from her discomfort with uh with with um carl laughing at the video that had been shared of yeah roman's breakdown so except that bit i'm ashamed to say that i said come on guys and then we they always leave the camera rolling which lets us improv and i remember saying come on guys and then i said let me let me see it show it to me guys (laughs) And oh, <laughs> it's like Kerry's like, audition video all over again. Yeah. Oh my god! But that feels so know, significant like, me... to me. Then that because that's a different. I know, but then they thing. needed it to, to be a little private bit of her being showing him some rosy. That's the thing is, I never know what the narrative is really. I mean, I know what the overall story is, but I don't really know the story that's going to get told until I see it. It's full of surprises when you go to watch it. So it's just really fun to watch when everyone else does because it tells the whole story and in a way that you couldn't have 
even though I'm in the show, but I didn't perceive it until I saw, you know, it's sort of a show that's more than the sum of its parts. Mm. You, until you see it all together, you don't really, there's no way to grasp it. Was it, was it hard? Something I've wondered about is at the end of season three, uh, there's that moment where Jerry she doesn't intervene when Logan screws the kids over. Um, and there's that whole line about uh, how does it serve my interests? And, and in the aftermath of that, people went nuts for it. There was such... Um, there were lots of tweets about it. I saw you liking a couple of different interpretations of it that that enable you to empathise with Jerry and see that she had no agency there, but it doesn't mean this is over, Roman. But I also remember Sarah saying at the time that this relationship doesn't recover, which when you said it, it did, did feel true. But did, did it feel disappointing given how much love there is out there in the world for that strange relationship, that strange dynamic, that they they didn't find another way to take it? Well, yes and no. I mean, it wouldn't be succession. If, like, it's kind of all very cold and, and unsentimental. It's a very sparing sort of show. And I think the truth of it is that he really humiliated her and embarrassed her and it threatened her whole job, as we've seen borne out this season, truly. And she's warned him about it. And she was ambitious for him. Like, he did not deserve her. Anyway. Okay. You know, like, he couldn't, like, sober up and realize, like, okay, this is a silly whim. And whether or not we ever fool around, oh, she could be my, you know, she could be my ticket. But I feel like I, the take they used compared to the very ways I read it that day as when we were shooting. It was difficult for me to say. That doesn't serve my interest. It was the, tr the truth, but I, w I didn't say it like with a relish or anything. No. I, I kind of faltered, and it was hard to say. It was hard to meet a spy. But th this is why I you think, know. you know, when you hear about the l the number of drafts that the writers are doing and how late in the day the actors are getting the drafts and the level of acting skill on display on the show is that with all those sorts of lines, all of those different possibilities seem cooked into the line, both from how good the line is and the performance that it, it gets given. I think. Um, Jay, I have one final question, though, before you you drive off to wherever you're going for your Memorial Day weekend. So okay. it's it's known that, that people are asking Brian Cox all the time to, like, shout fuck off at them. <laughs> and I was wondering, are you getting a similar thing? Like, do you do you find people either on the streets of New York or elsewhere who, like, want you to call them like a slime puppy or a revolting worm? Is that part of your life now? No one has ever asked me to do that. No one, no one has ever said, I'm just going to pop into the bathroom. <laughs> no. Will you tell me that I'm a revolting worm before we go? You revolting worm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you're just not, I'm sorry, but you're just not as obnoxious as Roman Roy. No, and it's hard I know, for me but... to, it's hard for me to get it up, so to speak. Jay Smith. Cameron, Jeannie, I dream of Jeannie with the light brown hair. I dream of Jeannie. This is from Winnie for Government. I dream of Jeannie with the light brown hair. Um, I, I don't know if she was as moved by our reunion as I was, but I hope she was. She was my introduction to New York City. And I'd always, once in a while, when I lived in New York, I'd walk past that theater and think, oh, yeah. That lady and that play in that weird phase of my life. And then as I said to her when Succession came back, I was like, oh my God. And then today I talked to her. The journeys we go on, Jeff. The 
place this will go. That's what Dr. Seuss was talking about. I can't even hear those words without getting slightly choked up. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> so, not only sprinkles, but Boco, courtesy of J. Smith Cameron. And, and now, are we, we doing are, it? We're giving you Boco every day. And we're dropping something on a Sunday like a pair of ballers. I don't know what ballers are. Should we look that one up on Google? Yeah. I know there's that song, I wish I was a little bit taller. I, I wish, wish it was, was a baller. baller. Oh, it says a, a person. A personal device that makes or forms something into balls. Or informal, extremely good or impressive, excellent. It was a pretty baller time overall. That is a shitty sentence. Informal, a player of a ball game, especially a talented basketball player. Hence, I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I would call her. Anyway. Anyway. A couple of ballers that we are. We are dropping something tomorrow. Some boco. Tell them all about it. We can't believe it happened. It was the greatest <laughs> moment of both of our lives. We, we spoke to Alexander Skarsgård. A.K.A. Lucas Matson. <laughs> and I'll tell you right now, I get him to scream Eba at me and it was wonderful. And th- that's just the tip of the iceberg. We, we, Some, we, I mean, we, we're recording this after midnight. Yeah. We did that interview at what time? We did it at 1pm today. And, and we're still giddy off of it. It's most of what we've talked about. We keep Googling him. We keep like coming into different rooms of our house and going like, he is so interesting. I mean, the layers of him as a person. And funny. And I don't just mean funny for an actor. Funny. You know how, like, a lot of the time... I'm sorry, but I feel that attractive people are are held to a lower standard in terms of their funniness. So if someone, like, incredibly good-looking is just not a complete stick in the mud, they get referred to as hilarious. But this this guy is funny. So that's your Boko tomorrow. Matson. We're giving you Matson. Enjoy it. But now you've got to get it. That's, that's not until Sunday. And so you've got to, what do we talk about? You're going to get to bed early. You're going to have a nice lion. You're going to let mommy have a little coffee before you annoy her in the morning. And then we'll see you on Sunday for Matson. Gojo Boko. Lucas. Erba. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.